Hello, Probus. <laughs> howdy, howdy. That might have caught me off guard a little bit. It's like, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to the quintessential extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by your favorite former Mibs. Uh, uh. I'm your host for this case. The Walker of Moons, Granny Moonwalker. And opposite me, drinking the hard stuff, blackcurrant fruit shoot, is Kevin the Grey, aka Grey Nuts, aka Grey Balls, aka Greybeard. How are you today, old Grey Balls? Youthful, sir. I am youthful. When you refer to me as Greybeard, based upon the last sentence, are you referring to a facial beard? Always. Okay. Then why would my nuts be grey? And why would my balls because be grey? Because they hang from your face. <laughs> I've got balls on my chin. I have to wear little chin pants. When I walk, they swing to and fro like one of those um, time-clacking devices. Chin strap. Call you chin strap Bill. Where did the bill come from? <laughs> That's Pirates of the Caribbean, damn it. Rolls off the tongue. No, it doesn't. My <laughs> chin rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Lick these nuts. <laughs> you walk in on me being orally pleasured. <laughs> Bouncing my chin up and down. If my nuts are on my chin, say, where's do you, my... Do you smear chocolate on there so Moxley can lick your nuts? Absolutely not. Do not bring Moxley into this. I will go to war! However. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get straight into it. Today, we are going to probe an incident that appeared on Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. Ooh. It's March 8th, 1994. It's a dark dark night in a quiet, quiet city known as Muskegon ah. in the state of Michigan. Muskegon is situated around the harbour of Lake Michigan. This particular night, 300. 300. Sp <laughs> Spartans! <laughs> I, I thought... You hadn't finished your sentence there. I was thinking, like, 300 what? And then I scrolled on the research notes and clicked. Muskegon. As I was reading your research notes there, I uh, misread that and thought it said Mastodon. And I flashed back to Power Big Van Vader in my childhood. Oh. <laughs> the Mastodon! Jim Ross announcing him coming down. We went to two different childhoods there. We did. We did. You went Power Rangers. <laughs> I went wrestling. Who was the cooler kid? Neither of us, both freaking geeks. <laughs> me with my chin. I love how you quickly answered that before I could say me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the coolest kid? Neither of us, damn it! <laughs> Allegedly, truthfully. We both were nerds. I'm bringing you down with me. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Not your chin, though. Uh, you lick. <laughs> So 300 witnesses saw something Jesus, hold special. on. 300? 300. That's a lot of witnesses. That's a lot of witnesses. This may be one of the most witnessed cases we've yet covered. One of. I think Nuremberg 
which is Topic. Nuremberg. 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 Would top it. So these 300 witnesses. <laughs> 300? Saw something special in the skies. Bright, multicolored lights were seen over the city. The lights were described as moving erratically through the sky. So one resident was on the phone to her friend when a bright light shone through her window. This Laser pen. This light was so bright that it prompted her to go and have a look. She told her friend, I've got a UFO in my garden. She watched as three lights. <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't know how to do a fucking granny voice all of a sudden. Oh, it's a granny. Bless her. Oh, I thought it was a um, someone working the streets, bless them. Had a hard night. She watched as three lights hovered above the tree line for a while before one of them decided it had enough and zoomed off an incredibly fast speed, leaving the other two stationary at the scene. But they left after a short while. She was most surprised that the objects let off no sound at all. Her horse was out in the yard, totally oblivious to the lights, grazing before nodding off. This lady was Cindy Pravda. Cindy really wishes back then she had a camera. She was not the only person to see the lights. All right, the horse nodded off. Did we lose some time there and something or somebody made the horse nod off? We would have to ask the horse if it experienced missing time. But until we know a real life Dr. Doolittle, then you know a real life Dr. Doolittle? I am a real life Dr. Doolittle. So until you go and, in, I was about to say investigate, go and interrogate the horse. I'm just going to call him up now. We do not know. Hello. <laughs> Is that Mr. Ed? <laughs> Did you experience missing time? <laughs> Nay. Uh, so you can talk. <laughs> you just said nay. <laughs> nay. So, from your interrogation of the horse, did he conclude that he experienced missing time? He said no. Okay. Residents about 22 miles away in Holland, and not the country, also saw something similar. These witnesses were Daryl and Holly Graves, along with their son Joey, who was 14, and their daughter Michelle, who was 10. <laughs> Damn, Joey has aged for a 10-year-old. <laughs> Joey Joey's... looks like Joey Tribbiani. Joey's 14. <laughs> Joey doesn't share food. And there's a picture of Michelle. Would you like to explain what you're seeing there? No. <laughs> so what I have included in the research notes is a picture of Michelle from Dodgeball. 
the enforcer to... <laughs> it's the best picture as um, well. How would you describe what's Michelle? Ah, uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah, but Ben Stiller's character. Something white. I literally watched it's this gone. film about two months ago. That's pissing me it's off. It's gone. Either way, um, I would class this as a B-Tech Terry Crews. I was going to say it's like Terry Crews. That's exactly who I was going to describe it as. And for those of you outside of the UK, B-Tech kind of stands for like B-grade. Well, not B-grade, it? but it's like a downgrade. It's what you would do in school if the teachers were arseholes and wouldn't put you forward for a GCSE. Yeah. Did GCSEs even still exist as they were? I don't think so. So think of it this way. It's um, you're in the reserves for the reserves. (laughs) (laughs) That's B-Tech. Like a knockoff version. Like Nick's were to Nike. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who's done a B-Tech has just got very offended by this. Yeah, they probably have. It's generally something, jokes aside, that the naughty kids were put onto because they were too naughty to do well in their GCSEs. Granville has three. Apologies to any B-techers out there. I've got an A-tech. Anything you want to add before I continue? I can't even remember. Um, Funny lights in the sky, 300 witnesses, horse didn't experience lost time. Nay. (laughs) I I feel like more is going to happen to this lady. We're going to come back to her, aren't we, after we've visited Joey? Let's see, shall we? There's no way she's seen that craft and it's just gone away, getting bored. It's done something. It was there for a reason. UFOs don't just appear and bugger off. They appear, do something, and bugger off. <laughs> and Eva, was it Cindy? Mm-hmm. Cindy or the horse is getting it. Or already got it. The parents went off to bed early. Hey! And we're going to cover this section in great detail. Leaving the children in the living room. Daryl whipped out his fat shins. I I don't want to go any further with this. (laughs) (laughs) That is Greybeard's great detail. Well, this is your case. I feel like you need to add some detail. It's important to lay the foundations for the listeners. Okay. That I shall. They were awoken by Joey frantically screaming you gotta go to Joey sounds a bit like a nanny too Joey says that he saw six lights so hold on wasn't Joey like 14 yep Joey has got a high pitched voice I'm pretty sure we knew some uh, people at our school that had high pitched voices yeah well, there you go I'm not really going to go you gotta come see this. That sounds like the Joey Ooh. I knew. Hey yo, hey yo, you gotta come see this. Let's just go to the gents' toilets. <laughs> Don't know why, but I'm just picturing Razor Ramon. Hey, hey yo. yo, Joey says that he saw six lights. He saw them out of the window above the barn. He got up and went to the sofa looking up at the sky and the lights he saw were red and white but these ones did not keep still. Holly describes their living room being lit up like a spotlight was shining into it. 
Holly was completely shocked, so decided to call the authorities. Respect the authorities. Upon calling, she mentioned that her call wasn't an emergency and that if anything came through, feel free to cut her off. Hmm. Holly politely proceeded to ask if the police had had encountered any calls regarding the lights in the sky. Holly has now suddenly come across as a very credible and understanding witness. It's 300 of them. That's the, <laughs> this is how I would probably call up if I was being robbed. <laughs> it's not excuse, an emergency. Excuse if, me, but um, if you've got any spare time... Please, would you mind coming out to assist me one of my hands is tied behind my back but it's okay i don't want to trouble you <laughs> yes yes that's a gun against my face but it's okay i understand that you're really busy i hate complaining i hate it when you've like had bad service on your television or something you have to call up he hates complaining oh. complaining that he hates complaining <laughs> <laughs> touche sir touche i'm complaining do you want to continue I like complaining to you because you really listen and I feel because I'm seen. a good friend. Oh, friend. Oh, new friend. friend. Oh, friend. Please be my friend. Oh, friend. I never feel insulted and offended <laughs> as I scratch my chimbles. I'm glad you feel that way. So dispatch told her that they hadn't heard anything. So Holly said that they may want to get someone to come and have a look. She explains that it's unlike anything she's ever seen before. And whilst on the call, her husband says that they should go outside and watch them. Holly's description of the lights is that they were moving slowly in the sky. She says that it looked like they were made of chrome and cylinder shaped. They got rims! And that had lights along the bottom that were spinning round in a clockwise direction. Hey yo dog, what about some chrome on your flying saucer? <laughs> Yo, dog. I couldn't resist. She couldn't see any windows. Hey, yo, dog. dog. <laughs> you want no, some tin? <laughs> you want some tin on your windows, dog? She couldn't see any windows, so was unable to see anything inside the craft. After that episode, my throat was so sore. <laughs> hey, yo, dog. She asked her husband Daryl what the object was. He responded, Babe, it's a fucking UFO. It's a sweet window tint. Looks like it's got a popcorn machine. Isn't he American? Yeah, I, I'm not doing American <laughs> accents. Just doing the first thing that comes to, yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> I think we should go over the voices of these characters just to remind ourselves. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> They I'd may, like to hear Cindy again. They may just be different every time. <laughs> Chain smoking cigarettes in her hot pants. <laughs> Hello, love. <laughs> it's a UFO in my garden. She's been busy since the last time we heard from her. <laughs> smoking all them cigarettes out of stress. Her horse is knocked out. <laughs> her horse. Her horse. <laughs> so, okay, those aren't the exact words that he used, but he did state. That it was a UFO. He could have used those words. We've not. I mean, he could have got a recording. He could have. To be fair, if you were recounting this tale after the fact to authorities, you may not include the colourful language that you originally said. I would put all the colourful language in. I'd add more. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> to the police. Yep. <laughs> hey, you fucking prick! 
Have you seen this UFO? You fucking pricks. <laughs> so for those of you outside the UK, we drop the C-bomb often. Well, you do. As a term of endearment. Oh, that's true. That is a British cultural thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, it? There's two types of people in the UK. Those who drop the word and those who do not. Where the hell did that come from? I have no idea. It's going to haunt it's you. It's a bug. A large fly has just entered the sealed room Mr. Moonwalker and myself are within. I should have said studio there. Came for a portal. There's no way that could have come in. Through a portal. The Mibs! The goddamn Mibs! I mean, we've done, what, over 150 episodes Yeah, now? we're around 160 to 170 and mark, I believe. I don't think it has happened yet where we have accidentally dropped the C-bomb. I'm pretty sure you have dropped it. Oh, yeah, but I just kind of beep it out. But if there's any point where you hear it and I haven't beeped it out... That's just because we use it quite casually and in a friendly term. (laughs) He says whilst looking at me angrily. Around 15 minutes later, Officer Jeffrey Velthouse arrived on the scene. Officer Velthouse was out cruising in his squad car when he received the call and he was sceptical as I've just flashed back to something. I think I said this on the podcast before, but once I was in court with my Apple Watch walkie-talkie turned on. <laughs> I I had this conversation with a client the other day telling them this exact story. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly I hear through my suit sleeve. Um, <laughs> God damn, God damn, God damn. Trying to turn it on silent before anything else came through, hoping that the judge didn't hear while he was talking. <laughs> The worst possible moment for that to happen. Apologize. Officer Belthouse was trying to think of any explanation for what it could possibly be. Upon arrival, he got out of his car and took a look up into the sky. High up in the sky, he saw two lights moving slowly in a southwest direction towards Lake Michigan. According to him, their movement was consistent of that of an aircraft. Both lights were quite close to each other and the colours were changing from white to green. He continued to watch and then one of them caught his eye as it quickly moved away from the other one and kept going southwest. Now he says that it was different from any aircraft he has ever seen. They all stood there for about 10 minutes before Valthouse got back into his cruiser and attempted to follow them. As he drove away, I have no idea where Holly went. Maybe she got hungry, needed a drink or a number two. But she heard Daryl scream and then proceed to tell her that the object had split into five separate lights before they all disappeared. Oh, God damn it. That sounds more like a meteor than it does a UFO if it's split as it hits the atmosphere or breaks down as it's going through the atmosphere into several pieces. But I want to ignore that and roll back. So the officer stated that the movement was consistent with an aircraft. That, Until it wasn't. Well, even so, that doesn't tell us shit because what type of aircraft? Are we that talking about air balloon, helicopter, jet, standard slow plane like you went up in the other week? 
Mm-hmm. Danger plane, as we like to call them. <laughs> Danger plane. Mm. I'm going to fly the plane next time I go up. Yeah, sod that. It's going to be fun. I've said to you before, I never had an issue with heights in my whole life. I've done like climbing things like go up and whatnot, been up to the top of trees and higher, been up mountains, been in aeroplanes several times, never had an issue. I went to fly a glider and the sensation of being all that way up in the sky in control of something that had no engine (laughs) and... (laughs) kind of in theory at the mercy of the wind shit me out for life <laughs> now when i go up to castles and i look over the edge i'm like oh never had that before that. <laughs> yeah did something to me it changed me <laughs> life-changing experience well i'm a fly <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know if i'd want to do a plane now you should try a glider and see how you find it no <laughs> With Velthaus hot on the heels of one of the objects, more and more calls were flooding into dispatch. Oh, shit. A lot of these calls were describing the same thing. Four to five lights moving weirdly in the sky. Descending, ascending, and turning in and around in a circular motion. One caller was reported saying, There's no way. I mean, a plane? is not that wide. Some of these calls reported how four lights went to three as it descended and then turned around and went back up and as it did, turned into two lights. They would hang there in the air as a group before they split away. Not to keep talking about things that aren't the case, but once you go back up in that plane and actually take control of it, does that make you a captain? I'm decapitated now. Well, you're not because you haven't taken control of it yet. That's what but once... I will say when I take control of uh, it. Ah, shit. <laughs> I'm going to lose my captaincy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never piloted an, a plane before. Ah, gosh darn it. What can I pilot that's more superior than a plane? Space shuttle? Where can I get one of them? I'm scared of heights. Space! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm scared of heights. You're terrified. It gives me a funny feeling when it didn't before. Funny feeling in my tum-tum. And I shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not scared. Literal goosebumps, cold sweat, poo running down my ankles, but I'm not scared. I'm I'm on the floor, holding onto the floor as I try and look over the edge. (laughs) I'm brave, damn it! (laughs) But I'm not scared. (laughs) Well, Velthaus had an idea, one that could solve this mystery once and for all. He contacted the The horse. (laughs) Nay. He contacted the Ottawa County Central Dispatch, asking them to try and get hold of radar services to see if they could identify what people were seeing. Dispatch contacted the Muskegon Weather Service. The person on shift that night was Jack. Oh no. There's there's a picture coming up. Oh, it's the monkey Jack. The monkey Jack from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, do you know what? As as you were going through that section, I was thinking if there's going to be a picture coming up, it's going to be from Austin Powers. That looks like a giant Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. But nay. Nay. Jack. 
received this call around 10 p.m. and was asked to see if he could see anything strange on radar. They proceeded to tell Jack what was happening. I'm going to stop doing that now because I think I've mentioned his name too Jack many times. several thousand times. Jack was sceptical about all this, but because it was the authorities that were asking him, he had no choice but to take a look. And deep down, he was also interested to discover what it was. Jack was very astute about the radar technology and knew what it was capable of, and more importantly, what could fool it. (laughs) You're really trying to fight it. Jack took control of the radar and started moving its beam back and forth across the county, looking for the objects. To his amazement, he came across an object. It was alone. Dirty boy. He told dispatch that he was looking at it. I'm looking at it in the vertical right now. He continues before... Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Now it's disappeared. You don't need to bring green. Oh no. He explains that it was 6,000 feet high, so it could have been a plane. I'm going to fuck that piggy. (laughs) (laughs) Oink, oink. Oh, it is a massive sex pest when the cameras aren't rolling. Have you seen that video? Oh, what's the thing? I think it's called Omegle, Mm-mm. where they have the two camera things that so randomly flicks for a cam. Imagine speed dating on cam. Yep. And yep. then there's one, and it appears, and there's a girl. She goes, oh, it's Kermit the Frog. And then they start talking, and Kermit just gets dirty, and just <laughs> his frog dick out. He's like, why would you do that? <laughs> not seen that no but that sounds amazing <laughs> uh, I'll try and see if I can find it after this episode he explains that it was at 6,000 feet so it could have been a plane but then remarks that it was pretty big no I had no something else is pretty big oink, oink. he then goes on to say that there's something big down there <laughs> right <laughs> near South Haven and that it was strange because it looked like a big blob Could it have been a blimp or balloon? It could have been, but it was the dead of night and during winter. This was highly unlikely and highly unusual. I assume that a meteor would show up on radar. You assume? I do not know. If it was large enough to break up into smaller pieces. (laughs) But Um, then you would see them... Kind of disperse and then well, slowly go. The other down, witness did see them disperse, and from the ground, the perspective could look very different as to what's actually going on because it could be traveling really, really fast, but from such a height that you can't really make that out until the angle changes from where your perspective is situated. That is quite a good point. That is a very good point, no doubt. But it also could be a balloon. That's also a point. I still feel like we're going back to Cindy at some point. I'm kind of waiting for it. Like, where's the outlandish detail here? Because this is kind of a run-of-the-mill UFO sighting, albeit with lots of witnesses rather than just one or two, which is a nice change, admittedly. Jack 
continue to monitor it, and then it stopped moving. Or did it? It exploded. The object shot up into the sky by 6,000 feet. Whoa. Now, at 12,000 feet, shit got real. Two other objects appeared. While still on the call, Jack explained that the objects were coming together and coming apart and were now separated by 5,000 feet in height. Over me. Jack explains that in all aspects, they're behaving like aircraft, except that the radar is showing that they're not acting that way. Working off of the energy returning to the radar echo, Jack was able to determine that the objects were smooth, reflective, and seemed to be made of a highly polished metal. Jack was told that an officer had seen three or four of the objects and he replied that he was seeing three on radar in a triangle formation. El triangulo. The three objects were about 20 miles apart. One near South Haven, one on the shore of Lake Michigan, and the last one near Decatur. One would jump about 20 miles and hover, and then the other two would do the same to form the triangulo formation once more. This behavior made Jack nervous. It was as if the objects were trying to be seen and he couldn't think of any aircraft that could move and react in the way these three were. The objects then moved to a point and proceeded to replicate the triangle formation over Lake Michigan. They stopped and hovered there. Jack watched them for two hours. All right, two hours. That found that sounds a little bit unusual for a meteor, to my knowledge, along with the splitting and then coming back together. Also, what about the kind going, of, like the ascending and yeah, descending? Yeah, you've kind of shit on my parade there. That's that one out. I of wouldn't water. say I shit on it. I'd say you've probably slopped all over it. Yeah. All right. Obviously, we need to look to the possible before we look to the paranormal. I'm struggling to come up with anything other than military craft based upon the descriptions, unless it's malfunctioning technology of some description. Okay, so military tech. I'm just trying to think. Uh, I can't remember what the effect is called, and I don't think it's going to come back to me. Like, is it Boca or Boca? Some, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I, d- I don't, don't know what you're There's about. too many to make me feel that it's that type of effect. I'm struggling to come up with a reasonable explanation now. Mm. Are you going to hit me with some science later on? Who knows? Let's you know, continue. This is your episode. <laughs> this night would get crazier still. Get the frick out! Whilst the objects hovered, they were joined by more. Not just one or two, but dozens. They would drop to 4,000 feet and rise to as high as 55,000 feet in seconds as if doing some kind of dance routine in the sky. At one point, they moved 20 miles across the lake in less than a second, which would calculate their speed at 72,000 miles per hour. He says that that's the equivalent of flying from New York to LA in around two minutes. That is fucking quick. Mm -hmm. 
Is it otherworldly quick? I would class that as otherworldly quick. But is it otherworldly quick? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm struggling. Jack found out at a later point that the area the objects were hovering over was the only part of the lake that didn't have ice over it. So thinks that this may have acted as a rendezvous point. Well, maybe they were studying things in the lake. Let's make a rendezvous. Jack called his wife and explained everything and asked her to go and have a look to see if she could see anything. But she was too afraid to. He contacted the FAA control tower at Muskegon County Airport. Far. And an air traffic controller said they'd observed three crafts flying in formation, but that they had no transponder codes. Jack stayed and watched the radar until 2am, which by then they started to disappear one by one. The speed rules out things such as Sky Lantern, so we won't even bother with that. But my only suspicion here is the Federal Aviation Authority. We've previously covered that we can't trust them for shit because they lie. So either they ain't detecting nothing at all, or they have transponder codes, but they don't want to share it because it's military tech. We know we can't trust the FAR. We've covered this in detail previously in detail the next day michael walsh a journo for the muskegon chronicle started receiving calls from citizens about the objects muskegon he <laughs> he called the dispatch operator and asked for the recordings of the calls from the night before it's time it's time when listening it's <laughs> time 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 when listening back, he says he could hear the amazement and sincerity in their voices about what they'd seen. He also heard the communication between Dispatch and Jack. Yeah. And Jack was unaware that the call had been recorded until several papers started to use his call as proof of a UFO visit. Mufon got in on the action <laughs> of course and Virginia Tilly was put in charge of the investigation. She interviewed some of those that had seen the object that night by using various methods. The family of Holly, Daryl, Michelle and Joey didn't get off lightly from their neighbours and others in the community who didn't witness it though, Hmm. with people making fun of them and even suggesting that they were taking drugs with the children in the garden. Oh dear. As the news broke, more and more people started coming forward some claiming to have seen the objects the night before and another claiming to have seen the object a month before the event. All of these were taken seriously or at least checked. Most of these people claimed they didn't want to come forward initially and be ridiculed for it. Back at the weather station, Jack was beginning to get teased by his co-workers. They would hang paper UFOs around the office and this didn't sit well with him as he knew what he saw. The National Weather Service didn't want this kind of press, so tried to make it go away. They would come out and claim that the radar is there to track rain and snow, and not planes or other aircraft. They stated that it was possible that the radar was picking up metallic foil on a military plane, and that a temperature inversion could have been the culprit for the strange returns to radar. Jack states that the objects were also picked up at 55,000 feet, 
This rules this theory out. Jack was told not to talk to any press or give any interviews. And because he loved his job that he'd worked his entire life for, he didn't want to lose it. Five months after the event, Jack left Muskegon for Atlanta. And in 2016, he retired. Upon retirement, he reached out to Virginia Tilly about that night and she explained that on several occasions she tried to contact him but was told he was unavailable. Oh, shit. That's interesting. That's interesting. Right. You've hit me with a lot there. Hit you with a lot. Shut. So more and more people started coming forward that could be because they wanted to jump on the bandwagon, so to speak. So I'm not too worried about that. That is a possibility, yes. But I'm really interested in the main accounts here now. There's a lengthy amount of radar readings here. And it strikes me as unlikely that temperature variations would last for the whole duration of those readings. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you... Considering the different the height, heights. Yeah, yeah, you covered the 55,000 feet. Hmm. Wow. This has turned out to be a more serious one than I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting Cindy to get probed, a little bit of butt stuff going on, and the horse to get probed, a little bit of butt stuff going on, followed by some sleepies returned to the surface. It's turned out into a credible sighting, hasn't it? And now you're about to shit all over it, I'd imagine. <laughs> now, this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and scepticism. Could the radar bleeps be something other than a UFO, such as marsh gas? What the hell is marsh gas? Marsh gas. A small plane, helicopter, space debris, or more. But these were all ruled out by MUFON. Others believe that these could have been secret military tests of new technology. Mm. William Scott of Aviation Week and Space Magazine has said that the descriptions are consistent with blimps. All right, mother trucker, what sort of blimp have you ever known that moves at 73,000 miles miles or whatever it was? So to summarise, we have the case of Muskegon. Was that Stifler, Sean William Scott, (laughs) that made that statement? where hundreds of citizens saw strange objects overhead. We heard the story of Cindy. Hello, love. Who was on the phone to her friend when a bright light shone through her window. Is that you greeting Cindy? (laughs) Yeah. 22 miles away, a family of four also spotted objects up in the sky. They contacted the police to see if they'd had any other calls about something strange. They replied they hadn't but would send someone to check it out. This officer was Officer Belthouse. He came, he saw, and he was amazed. More and more... Like co- sex tape. More and more calls were going into dispatch whilst Belthouse was watching. When the object left, Belthouse gave chase. Whilst he did, the family noticed the object split into multiple objects and leave. Belthouse thought of something that could help so he contacted dispatch and asked them to contact the Muskegon weather service to try and get something on radar. This brings us to Jack. Jack. Jack was the one that received this call. He was skeptical at first, but checked the radar nonetheless. 
what he saw was astounding. He found an object on the radar, he told dispatch, and then the object moved. Higher into the sky, and it wasn't long before the object then broke into three objects. Moved in a triangle formation, over time, and would zip across Lake Michigan about 20 miles within seconds. It would also be joined by dozens of other objects, retaining, whilst initially retaining the triangle formation. As Jack continued to watch, I literally just fucking said this. <laughs> You've done a me. <laughs> the others would turn up and they would do amazing things in the sky, like a sky dance. This continued for a couple of hours before the objects left. The next day, a journo received loads of calls from citizens following the night's event, and the journo also received all the call recordings. Mufon came to investigate too, and believed that something was seen by the citizens of Muskegon. Yeah, I'm ever so slightly suspicious that it's gone heavily through journos, but regardless, I do feel like something was seen in the sky. So, am I saying that it was aliens or am I saying that it was military tech? You tell me. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything to lean either way. So, why would military tech be doing what these crafts did? What were they doing? Just testing flight capabilities? Meanwhile, what would the alien motivation be to observe, to look over that? pool of water around the ice and understand how our weather works maybe they were interdimensional aliens that had different laws of physics and gases and whatnot on their home world what if they were disappearing from radar because they were going down not up what do you mean well we've had probes before where we mentioned that ufos were inside the earth (sighs) I'd need to go back over the evidence with that theory of mine. Start at the start. <laughs> Rewind. Hello, my name's Kev. I've got balls on my chin. Hmm. <laughs> As he says, hmm, he's stroking his ball chin. I'm not saying that it was aliens, but it was... Aliens. Bitch. I'm saying it because you haven't given me anything else. So, sir, as he has decided to opt what side he's going to jump on, I'm going to let you in on another piece of news. I agree. (laughs) I really (laughs) thought you were going to hit me with like a bit you'd held off. No, I think there are far too many people that saw something in the sky. And there's not enough to determine what it could have been other than something. Yeah, so if this is military technology, you've got to assume it's being tested, not carrying out any other operational activity because it hasn't done anything else. Absolutely. And Um, I think it's more the speeds that they travel at that sent push me more towards alien. What I'm struggling to get my head around is why in this location and why do what they did, which was just float around, essentially. That doesn't really strike me as a military operation. We also have no idea what what they did. 
Like we don't know what they're capable of. We don't know what else mm. happened. Um, it's more the fact of how quick they were going through the different like heights on radar and appearing on one part of the radar to another part of the radar. It's like I said, 72,000 miles per hour. One minute they're there, the next they're there. Um, when the first one moved to a point and then the other two moved to a point and then they were still in triangle formation. Mm. That So triangle formation is a bit of a military formation, but then some birds do that as well. Absolutely. There's no reason to suggest that extraterrestrials wouldn't do it. So for me, there is not enough to say that it's not aliens. So until there is... Yeah, this is it. aliens. <laughs> what series of the Netflix show was it? Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, most recent series. Uh, season or? three, yeah. I've not watched the most recent season. I was thinking, I've watched this show and I haven't heard of this, but yeah, I haven't watched the latest season. So there we have it. This is aliens. <laughs> it's been a while. Unexpected and, <laughs> and welcome. Conclusion. Thank you for joining us for this week's probe. You can find us on Instagram at But It Was Aliens. Our Facebook page is But It Was Aliens. And our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers. We are also on Twitter at But It Was Aliens. And also on Patreon.com forward slash But It Was Aliens. Support the show, folks. Where you can find Rasputin's dick. I, we're not talking about an episode. That's that's just where his dick is. It's on our Patreon. That's where it resides. Flaccid. All time. I am Moonwalker. He's Greybeard. With nuts on his chin. And we are... But it was aliens. Remember, the truth is up there. Hashtag... Hello, darling.